0: Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey,
1: my podcast and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
1: Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to History of a Haunting. I am your host, Carrie Hopper.
0: And I am also your host, Archie Bays.
1: Yes, hello, Archie Bays.
0: Hello, Carrie Hopper.
1: Okay, let's, uh, let's just dive right in. I have just a couple of EVPs to review um, before we get going. And as we mentioned in the last episode, EVPs stand for Endless Vocal Prattle. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the stuff we have to say is important. So arch why don't you go ahead and start our EVPs with our Patreon donor of the week.
0: Our Patreon donor of the week is Quentin. He has been a loyal listener from day 1 and a Patreon supporter since we launched it. Yes. So we are we are so grateful for you. So here is a standing ovation for you Quentin, our Patreon of the week.
1: Okay, so this week, as I sung much to Archie's chagrin in the last episode, we are going to Texas. <laughs> Should I sing the song again? Please, no. No? Okay. No. No. Fine. Thanks. Should I <laughs> sing Sheldon's song?
0: No, that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We, this week, we are going to Austin, Texas, and the Driscoll Hotel... Uh, This episode is um, dedicated to two of my very good friends, Laura and Sherry. They moved from Phoenix to Austin a few years ago, and these girls are absolutely amazing. They are very, very dear friends of mine, and I miss them quite a bit. So I want to dedicate this episode, the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas, to them. So to that end... Arch, tell me about the history because it is a pretty important place in Austin,
0: right? Very very much so. Okay, cool. So, what I got, I read on Wikipedia and the Texas State Historical Association online. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, Jesse Driscoll, a successful cattle baron, had moved to Texas from Missouri in 1849. Flush with cash from his service to the Confederate Army, to which he supplied beef throughout the Civil War, he decided to diversify by constructing a grand hotel in Austin. In 1884, Driscoll purchased land at the corner of 6th and Barrazos for $7,500 and announced his plans for the hotel. It's, well, in 18 when?
1: 1884. For seventy five hundred dollars. Yes. What was that today? It uh it did not say. Okay. It, you said eighteen when? Seventy-four, fifty-four? Eighteen eighty-four. Okay. Uh go ahead and I'm gonna look it up because I'm always fascinated by it was five dollars in eighteen eighty four. And <laughs> but that's twelve million in twenty twenty money. So right. go ahead and continue and I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Okay, thank you.
0: The original building, designed by local Austin architect Jasper N. Preston, was constructed with over six million pressed bricks and white limestone accents. The building contains two porticos on the southern and eastern facades, which contain large, Richardsonian-style arches that were reputed to be the largest in Texas. The facade contains three limestone busts of Driscoll and his sons, J.W. Bud Driscoll facing Brazos Street, A.W. Tobe. Toby, Driscoll facing an alley to the west side, and Jesse Driscoll facing 6th Street, whose bust is surrounded by decorative carvings, including longhorns, on the gable ends.
1: Okay, so can we just talk a little minute about the vanity of all of that? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And I really, really, really... When you and I open our hotel eventually, as we're going to do, I really would love to do that. There could be a bust of your head at the one, like, base of the grand staircase and then a bust of my. I mean, <laughs> it's so vain, but if you're going to have your own fucking hotel, why wouldn't you do that? And this is true. Right? Give me a break. Come on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to have you go back again, and he purchased it for how much? in 1884. In 1884, okay. Whoa, shit, okay, that's the equivalent of $197,536.99 today. That's a lot of money for bare land. That is, for just property, for just land. Wow, okay, that's, wow, okay. (laughs) Keep going, because I'm going to keep this little conversion thing up. Go. All right. (laughs) The
0: hotel opened with 60 rooms, including 12 corner rooms with attached baths, which was a rare feature in hotels of the region at the time. At the center of the hotel was a four-story open rotunda capped by a domed skylight, which functioned as a flue to suck up the hot air and cool the building. The skylight was removed when air conditioning was installed on the roof in 1950, the building was designed with separate entrances for men and women. Two entrances, one on sixth street and another facing the alleyway on the west side of the building, were reserved for men and were flanked by a saloon, billiard room, cigar shop, a newsstand, and a barber shop featuring baths. The winds that's when toxic masculinity designed hotels. <laughs> that's when it peaked. <laughs> <laughs> The women's entrance on Brazos Street allowed female guests to proceed directly to their rooms, thereby avoiding the cigar smoke and rough talk of the cattlemen in the lobby. The second floor contained the main dining room and ballroom, separate parlors for men and women, a children's dining room, thank God, and bridal suites. (laughs) Other embellishments included an electric bell system, marble bureaus, steam heating and gas lighting. The hotel held a grand opening on December 20th, 1886, and was featured in a special edition of the Austin Daily Statesman. Mm. On July 1st, 1887, Governor Sol Ross held his inaugural ball in its ballroom, beginning a tradition for every Texas governor since then. Aha. Uh-huh. In May 1887, less than a year after it opened, Driscoll was forced to close the hotel, as he could no longer afford to operate the hotel following a harsh winter and drought that killed his entire cattle
1: inventory. Oh, shit. I I, I actually, I have more on that that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, the YouTube videos I saw.
0: In addition, S.E. McIlhenny... I'm, I know I'm butchering that. I'm sorry, Texas. The, ho- the hotel's general manager and half the staff were hired by the Beach Hotel in Galveston, which expedited the closure. So they they got spearfished. Their whole staff, basically. Oh shit! Okay. Driscoll sold the hotel sold the hotel in 1888 to his brother-in-law Jim Doc Day, who reopened the hotel in January of 1888. Um he sold the hotel? Driscoll sold the hotel to his brother-in-law and he in turn reopened it in January the following year.
1: Did he maintain his right to the property in anything you found? Not that I saw. Okay. I mean it okay. kept the name obviously. Right. Um in in my Part in a lot of my research, I found that he he did sell the hotel, but he um, as far as not being financially liable for it, but he did maintain physical rights to the hotel, which he promptly lost in a card game. <laughs> 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 he was a he was a, a excessive gambler or yeah gambler. Wow. Yeah, not, and he lost. Not, not
0: very good either. Mm,
1: no, uh, n- n- not no. in this case. <laughs> not in this particular case. <laughs> well, Austin
0: magnate George Littlefield, responsible for other Austin landmarks such as the Littlefield House, opened the Austin National Bank on the southeast corner of the building, and the old bank vault remains to this day. He, wait, he opened a bank? He opened a bank branch in the hotel.
1: Wow, okay, that's impressive. All right,
0: Littlefield later purchased the hotel for $106,000 in 1895. How much is that, Uh, Carrie? $106,000? Yes, in
1: 1895. Oh, wait, okay. Okay, one.
0: uh, At that time, he vowed that the
1: hotel would never close again. That is, hold on, it's calculating. My computer is just as bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't add the sentence, so it's not calculating. Jesus. Tap, click, tap, click, tap, click. I I know it's ridiculous. Oh, I guess I added a comma, which messed it up. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, shit. You said 106,000 in 1895. Yes. $3.257 million today.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in addition to that purchase, Littlefield invested over $60,000 in renovations, including ceiling frescoes, electric lighting, steam heating, and 28 additional lavatories, but still still sold the hotel at a loss of $25,000 in 1903 to banking competitor E.L. Wilmot. Under Wilmot's ownership, the hotel was managed by hotelier W.L. Stark, who added a barbershop and a women's spa featuring Turkish baths. He oversaw the construction of the annex and adorned the former smoking room with with eight antique Austrian gold-leaf-framed mirrors, (gasps) previously owned by Carlota, Empress of Mexico, and the Maximilian Banquet Room.
1: I got some shit
0: on those mirrors. I do. You do. (laughs) The 13-story annex, by the way, was designed by the El Paso architecture firm Trust & Trust and was opened in 1930. The 180-room annex contains a bungalow penthouse that is only accessible from the building's roof. The bungalow contains two bedrooms with private baths, a living room, and a full kitchen. The bungalow was originally used as a private residence by superintendents of the Southern Pacific Railroad, but was later rented to high-profile guests, including Jack Dempsey, Bob oh.
1: Hope, <gasps> and
0: President Lyndon Johnson.
1: Ah, yeah, I've got stuff on him, too. Oh, yeah. In
0: 1979, the hotel manager restored the bungalow to use as his private residence. In uh,
1: '92, 19- me I mean, frankly, if you're the hotel manager of this fucking joint, do it, you Yeah, right? In, uh, in
0: 1950, the hotel embarked on yet another renovation, which closed off the 6th Street entrance and removed the rotunda skylight to make ray for the A.C. units on the roof. In 1952, the former Austin National Bank was transformed into a television studio for KTBC, the very first television station in Central Texas.
1: Oh, shit, really? Yeah. I'm telling you, this hotel really ha it- its so impressive and groundbreaking in a lot of ways
0: well in 1969 the Driscoll closed its guest rooms yet again in anticipation of a renovation and a new tower containing a modern glass facade which never materialized Mm -hmm. most of of its furnishings were sold and an American Statesman article declared Driscoll Hotel's fate sealed they thought it was going to be torn down uh, the hotel was saved from the wrecking ball at almost the last minute. However, when a nonprofit organization called the Driscoll Hotel Corporation raised nine hundred thousand dollars, oh goddamn! Yeah, I, just decline after decline after decline. Um. Braniff International Hotels Incorporated, a division of Braniff Airways Incorporated of Dallas, Texas, bought the hotel in 1972 and began a $350,000 restoration of the grand lobby of the historic facility. Braniff reopened the hotel to customers on January 15, 1973, to very strong bookings and conference business. Mm, Branniff threw an official grand reopening celebration on February 10th, 1973. Over a thousand guests attended the gala event, that included a parade of every Texas governor and or their descendants since 1886. Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding? No. All the proceeds from that event went to the Austin Heritage Society, who were strategically instrumental in the resurrection of the Hotel Driscoll. In 1995, the Driscoll was purchased by Great American Life Insurance, who embarked on, yet again, a $30 million renovation to restore the hotel to its original appearance, which had been heavily modified over the years. The hotel closed for four years for the renovation work and was reopened in a Millennium Celebration on December thirty-first, 1999.
1: Oh, um, my God.
0: And most recently, in 2013, the Driscoll was purchased by Hyatt Hotels Corporation for $85 million, who had then embarked on an $8 million renovation of the hotel. Today, the Driscoll remains one of the premier hotels in Austin, featuring lavish bridal suites, two restaurants, and the Grand Ballroom. And that's what I've got. That was excellent. Close, open, renovate. Close, open, renovate. Renovate, open, close. Open, sold, renovate. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's a Um, lot to keep up with. It's a lot to keep up with. One of the articles that I read stated that it was one of the first hotels of its kind in Austin and the second in Texas. Oh. Which is significant. Um, Given that, you know, Texas is it kind of its own is the size of a country. Right. I mean, it's pretty fucking huge. Um, that was excellent. Arch. I loved the history. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let me just, we're going to pause real quick. Um, please listen to our sponsor ad for love heels rescue. And we will be right back with my haunting portion. All right.
0: Love Heals Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life.
1: Love Heals wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes, while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted, and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area.
0: Love Heals Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network.
1: Please consider becoming a foster. You can find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Rescue. Help Help us us be be a part of the solution. solution. Okay, thanks guys. Um, Let's get to the haunting portion, which is plentiful, uh, crazy, and um, I just... I can't wait to go to this hotel. <laughs> I really can't wait to go to this hotel. And I let Laura and Sherry know that I, that we were dedicating this episode to them. And they said, that's a beautiful hotel. And if you want to go, we'll totally go when you come visit. And it is a beautiful hotel. So did you see any of the pictures of it? In oh, your oh res-
0: yeah. Dozens. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I've, I was all over their website. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning, right? It's, it's um, okay, it's owned by Hyatt, which is one of the more, um, how do I put it, uh, fancy upscale. hotel chains? Upscale hotel yeah. chains? Um, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the room rates and things like that when I get to my know-before-you-go portion. But this hotel is Gorgeous. So, um, have you ever been to Vegas? No, no. Okay. So when you go to Vegas and you go into some of the, the more, the bigger hotels, the more well-known, the MGM and Mm -hmm. Caesars Palace, when you walk into their fucking lobbies, you're almost knocked over by the grandeur and the, the size of it. Um, the Driscoll Hotel, for the age of the hotel that it is, is is very similar. It's very opulent. It's very shiny. It's very... <laughs> it's stunning. It's I, really stunning.
0: I, for one, would have loved to have seen the original lobby. Mm-hmm. Basically, the four-story atrium with the domed roof. That That must have been quite a sight to
1: see. It really must have been, um, and they still – they did, through all the 900 million renovations that you mentioned they had, <laughs> they <laughs> they really did try to keep as much of the original structure as they possibly could because it is actually – the hotel is actually part of the National Historic Register. So, for that very reason, they could not do too, too much to the structure itself. Right. So, when you walk in, it does have this huge atrium, and it, it goes up four or five floors. Obviously, the, um, the skylight, that part that you had mentioned that they were trying to use as, like, a flue to suck the heat up, because mm-hmm. obviously heat rises. Um, that whole section is it's, it's still just as elevated and high. It, it's, it's almost overwhelming to walk into that hotel, Um, And just by the pictures that I've seen Right, right It's phenomenal It also reminds me a lot of the Stanley Hotel In that the the hallways on the guest room floors are very long They're very narrow They're very um, antiquated Mm. Which, it was built in the 1800s So, (laughs) duh Um, so anyway, it is, it's a stunning, stunningly beautiful hotel. The history of it is absolutely fascinating and the ghosts are just as fascinating. So let's get into the hauntings of the Driscoll hotel in Austin, Texas. Okay. So I got my portion from a number of places. I got it from, and these are all websites. So um, unless I state it, their websites end in .com. But I got from Curbed, Austinite, Exhibit City News, Austin Chronicle, Seed Property Group, TexasObserver.org, Austin Monthly, Austin Ghosts, Eerie Lights, Dread Central, and my favorite YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I got, uh, (laughs) I mean, a lot, lots of fucking folks talk about this joint. So to start my part, I am going to uh, read a quote that was um, (laughs) said by Sam Yerthze, and sorry, Sam, uh, if I pronounce your last name wrong, it's Y-E-A-R-T-H-Z-E, Yerthze. Yeah, that's a tough one <laughs> So I'm going to send it up phonetically uh, But um, There are a paranormal investigator Who said, quote If you're staying in the Driscoll With your lover Then you just know you're having a threesome That night
0: Oh, There's always
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's, there's always a rascally Revenant in the room Doing its voyeur bit Oh my god I I can't I like I was like I, can't. I gotta include it it was it was amazing so uh, whether you want a threesome or not go to the Driscoll with your lover and it's bound to happen and it is but let me tell you why <laughs> oh Lord okay all right, all right. you ready Arch <laughs>
0: obviously not <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Here we go. So uh, the Driscoll is probably Austin's most famous haunted space and is infested, which is a word I am not a big fan of, the word infested. Mm, No, not so much. Not so much, largely because I, I have a pretty significant bug phobia, so the word infested kind of fucks with my head. But. In this particular instance, <laughs> it is infested by so many ghostly presences that hotel staff actually has a handout on them for guests. Oh, my God. So, we got to go. And um, there's a couple of rooms I want to stay in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, we will share a room, as we always do. And apparently, we're going to have a threesome. Oh, boy. <laughs> All so, right. the vi- yeah, there we enough, go. Not enough wine for that. Not enough wine for that. Yes. <clears throat> Me and my gay husband are going to go and have a threesome. <laughs> oh, God. And I am out of wine. <laughs> Jesus, I told you to pace yourself. <laughs> okay. So, let's talk about the um, most. Prolific ghost, or maybe prolific is a bad word. The most um, common ghost and the most um, obvious ghost at the Driscoll Hotel, Jesse Driscoll himself. Um, So, Civil War Colonel Jesse Driscoll, who had the place built and then promptly lost it in a card game. He... (laughs) (laughs) He is thought to have stuck around fretting the loss of his fortune, which, obviously. Right. uh, He does make his presence known with the scent of cigar smoke. Yuck. Especially in rooms occupied by women. Creep? Uh, Yeah, creep. Um... For me personally, fine, haunt my room, but cigar smoke? No, take that shit somewhere else. Go to Archie's room with no, the cigar.
0: No, God, smoke. no, that makes my stomach hurt.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then go to um, somebody else's room. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, fuck off. How about that?
1: <laughs> How about you fuck right off? <laughs> so um, now, a spirit that might or might not be Driscoll, but. From everything that I've read, it probably is, Um, has been reported to operate the elevators, move furniture, and the douchiest move of all, push guests out of their beds and hide their belongings. Oh, God. I, I. Okay. We're 31 episodes deep in this podcast. I will fuck you up if you fuck with me while I sleep. Well, the thing is, you keep saying you want to go
0: to all these places, but then they talk about how they fuck with you in your sleep, and you still want to go.
1: Well, I'm kind of hoping that it's you they fuck with. <laughs> but at the same time, I want the story and the experience. Right. Like, I want you to be like, for our Patreon donors, filming me trying to like fight an invisible whoever. This is scary. <laughs> trying to fucking box with whatever just touched her toes or push her out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's comedic fucking – there's comedic opportunity there. This is true. This is true. Um, <laughs> and hide their belongings. Um, so nothing that we mind losing. Let's not take any of that. Right. <clears throat> So basically, none of our recording equipment, our cell phones, our computers, or anything that we could actually wallet that we could actually use <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we could actually document this shit happening with. Um, thank you, Colonel Jesse Driscoll. Uh, he apparently loves the elevator down in the lobby because it's one of the most haunted locations in the hotel. I don't know why. Uh, You do you, buddy (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) He actually has been Known to check on his hotel From time to time So very similar to F.O. Stanley um, At the Stanley Hotel Which uh, you can't really blame Either one of them Um, And then again Reports of the cigar smell in the lobby And fussy lights continue to baffle The Driscoll staff Oh, okay Yeah, so there is a woman and her name is Monica Ballard, and she wrote a book called The True Haunted Tales of the Driscoll Hotel. She writes, quote, one of my most favorite stories is one of the few sightings we've had of Colonel Driscoll. One of his favorite rooms in the Driscoll overlooks 6th Street and Brazos. And there was a consultant in town who woke up one night to see a gentleman standing in his room. Fuck you. Go away. <laughs> Looking out the window, about three o'clock in the morning. Really? Right? Oh, yeah. The time. That's the time. The time. And he was puffing on a cigar. Uh, I I feel like he might have died of lung cancer. <laughs> Every story about this dude, he was puffing on a cigar. Um. So this consultant sat up in bed. And said, hey, fella, what the hell are you doing in my room? (laughs) Which is so much nicer than what either one of us would have said. (laughs) She goes on to write that he said the guy looked at him and gave him this look like your room, but he didn't say anything. The consultant leaned over and snapped on the light by the bed, and when the light came on, there was no one standing by the window, but the curtains were still swaying, and there was a cloud of cigar smoke in the air. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a thought.
0: (laughs) Uh, Tell me the thought. They're probably all non-smoking rooms at this point. Mm -hmm. So you can probably have a cigar in your room and just explain it as Jesse came to see me last night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And given this hotel actually has a list of known ghostly activity that they hand out, like, Mm
0: (laughs) yeah,
1: we're not condoning this, guys. Don't go to the room and light up a cigar (laughs) My darling gay husband, Archie, is just a pro at finding loopholes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Okay, so now the next things that I want to talk about is room 525 and the suicide brides. Did you come across any of this in your history research? No, no, I did not. Oh, great. Usually you do, so super excited. Okay. Also, I want to stay in room 525. Of course. Of course. Just to see if you get fucked with, because obviously I'm tough as nails and they won't mess with me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow. Okay. You laughed a little long for that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) So, uh, One of the more well known haunted locations in the hotel is room 525. It is known as the room of the suicide brides. Uh, It does have a tragic, if slightly unproven, story associated with it. The story goes that two young women were on the eve of their wedding days in the hotel because they were going to be married in the hotel. Um, It was actually these particular occurrences happened some 20 years apart. They actually both killed themselves in rooms, in room 525 of the hotel. Oh. Yeah. Because their fiancés decided they weren't down with the relationship and didn't want anything to do with the women they didn't want to marry them, and they cut called off their wedding the night before. Rude. It's it's super rude, but it's also a very common um, story from back in the day. Oh, really? Uh, it is. I I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, a lot of paranormal podcasts, and um, you'd be kind of surprised at the the number of. Uh, engagements and weddings that didn't take place because the groom got such cold feet. He beat those cold feet and ran away. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) um, apparently following the second tragedy of the second suicidal bride, the staff decided to shut off the room to prevent any further sadness. But in 1998, they reopened the room. Since then, people that have stayed in the room have reported a series of weird incidents. Uh, not fucking surprising, in the least. But these strange incidents, or weird incidents, include leaks in the bathroom that defy explanation. Maintenance has gone in and taken a look at the bathtub faucet and the sink and the toilet. And that it's all in working order. But yet they leak. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Um, these include a woman in a wedding dress, which is not a huge surprise due to its history. Granted. Um, it, this is, um, this, uh, <laughs> if you were here to read this part, I would actually have you read it because it disturbs me in such a way that I, I have so much goosebumps. It's ridiculous, but reports have also been made of hearing what sounds like a heavy object swinging from the ceiling, such as one would hear if someone had hung themselves there and uh, their body was swinging. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hmm. I don't know what that sounds like, but apparently if we stay in this room, we will find out.
0: Oh, nice. And, and, and you want to stay
1: there. <laughs> With you. With me. With you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you handle that for me, would you? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) One couple who actually adored the hotel and stayed in room 525 all the way back in September 2016 – I don't know why I said all the way back. Like I've mentioned (laughs) a number of episodes. We're still living in the 90s as far as I'm concerned. Um, Anyway, (laughs) this this couple ended up checking out in the middle of the night after being spooked by flickering lights and mysterious knocks on the door. Hmm. So this particular individual who had that experience wrote this review on monkeymiles.com. And he writes, in part, what, quote, what transpired over our one-night stay was unique to say the least, but sent us running to the hills. Well, to the J.W. Marriott, exactly. But it left us... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But it left us wondering, is room 525 haunted? So, (laughs) they go... Mm -hmm. I take a sip because this story, I feel like it would be us. Really. Um, He goes on to write, the hallways are long, short, and feel of another era. Again, it kind of harkens back to the Stanley Hotel, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there are also lots of hanging memorabilia and old paintings, they state these long hallways will be something to keep in mind as the story unfolds. Eventually, they they get into the room, they get settled, they get dressed up, and he writes, heading out to dinner. So here's where things got a bit strange. Um, I really feel like if this happened to you and I, a bit strange would not ag- adequately Describe what we think of this <laughs> Situation Okay So He goes on to write We were dressed up Ready to go And it exited our room To our surprise There just happened to be a lady Walking past our room She stopped in her tracks And exclaimed Oh my god You're in 525 You're in the haunted room I really wanted that room I even requested it But I ended up in a corner room Right away, I'm like, "Mm, okay. Except that if you and I go there and we're in 525, obviously we know the fuck it's haunted. Right. (laughs) So, but this particular individual goes on to write, we didn't really know what to do as we had no idea that our room was supposedly haunted. I almost thought this was some sort of prank. I mean, how did she just happen to be outside our door as we were leaving? Which is kind of what my thought, too. Well, that's it. Happens. I mean, I suppose. So she, <laughs> so he goes on. So we just smiled and said, "Are you serious?" She was all about room five twenty five. Let me tell you, told us that there had been television programs on our room and how much she loved stuff like quote whoop, whoop, that. <laughs> The lady even offered to switch rooms with us, said she was staying in a corner room. Neither me nor my girlfriend were really in the mood for an experience, (laughs) experience, (laughs) whatever that might entail. So we thanked her and said we would think about it. We then hopped into the haunted elevator and immediately started Googling, which, yeah, of course. Right, right, right. We read several articles specifically written about the Driscoll Hotel, Room 525 Haunting. As the stories go, a couple of brides had committed suicide in the bathroom on the same day, but in different years, there had been apparition sightings, etc., etc. Nevertheless. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. They, the author continues, we headed to the front desk. <laughs> So they headed to the front desk and he writes, "We explained the entire situation and our reservations to staying in the room to the front desk manager. The lady, the haunting rumors, etc, told him everything. He goes on to say, "What was the most befuddling was the fact that this room was an upgrade. I mean, it's almost comical. The lady that upgraded us was so nice and generous that I don't think it even crossed her mind that we may not be into the whole, quote, <laughs> experience. <laughs> we basically asked the front desk if there were any other rooms available. The hotel didn't have anything else in our room type, and we just agreed to, u- to go use our free drink coupons, which, of course, we would do, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you have a problem with the room? Here's some free drink coupons. Okay, what problem? Great. <laughs> <laughs> a hole in the ceiling, but free drinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they went on to quote, "Grab a drink at the bar and then head to dinner and have a think," because again, this woman still offered to swap rooms. Right. So they go out, they have a really wonderful um, evening, they have dinner, they, they you know, go to the bars, they see the town. Um, then they go back to their room, 525. <clears throat> he goes on to say, quote, we ordered a movie. I'm exhausted, and about 30 minutes into the movie, I start to nod off. It's at this point that the overhead lights start to flicker. Now, it's a 130-year-old hotel, and little things like this are bound to happen, right. of course. Mm-hmm. He says, I told myself, no biggie. We also had our bedside lamp on that wasn't flickering. That's a little different, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But he goes on to write, eh, no big deal. As I'm nodding off, the lights flicker again. At this point, knowing all the rumors about the room, the hair on my arms starts to raise up. Three more times, just the overhead lights start to flicker. I sit up in bed. My girlfriend isn't saying a thing, just shaking her head, no, no, no. Yeah. Five times the lights flickered. Then out of nowhere, we hear five loud knocks at the door. Both of us just look at each other. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Which, by the way, the author actually writes hail as (laughs) h-a-i-l which i loved i was like not just oh hell no oh hell no (laughs) that's amazing it's amazing i loved it he goes on to say i hop out of bed and go to the door no one at the people so i open the door no one is there my instinct is that my instinct is that someone is messing with us. But this is freaky. The halls are empty. No doors have closed. The hallways are long. No one is snickering or laughing at pranking us. I walk into the hall to get a better look because why? There's somebody out there knocking. <laughs> into the hall. I I can't I I can't even. Anyway, still nothing. He says. I step back in the room. My girlfriend is already packing. (laughs) (laughs) I call downstairs to ask if we can switch rooms. Their response is that their systems are down. Oh, no. (laughs) So he goes on to talk about how they go down to the front desk and they're like, we want the fuck out and blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, quote, "'We ended up leaving our hotel in the middle of the night.'" What a story. Oh, my God. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, again, this was a review of the hotel and and the stay that they had. Um, So it is very important to note that he does end with, quote, "'The hotel and its staff were amazing, and even though they couldn't accommodate us in real time, they more than made up for it after the fact.'" So not only did the hotel completely refund every single dollar they spent there in room and tax, but also the movie they bought and and the the food at the bar, the dinner. They refunded every dime they spent at the hotel to this. couple. oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, even though they couldn't accommodate us in real time, they more than made up for it after the fact. He says, I do believe that this was a unique experience preempted by someone's impulse to scare slash prank us. Security is an issue, though, and the front desk manager, in his apology, said he had tried to find the lady who offered to swap rooms, but he couldn't find her, which. Oh. mm Mm-hmm. Who knows if it was her knocking someone else or maybe it's a spirit. And if it is, I hope it stayed at the Driscoll. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was really amazing. I mean, and it was an actual review. Um, and it, this, oh God, this website, which is, um, uh, hold on, let me find it real, 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 super, super fast. What is the name of the website? MonkeyMiles.com. So this is a website that actually is for folks that, like, get Miles um, flight miles and things like that hotel stays on the cheap, you know, with the discounts though this is the review that they gave this hotel on that site which I thought was pretty amazing uh, <laughs> a couple of knocks on the door lights flickering and they were like peace the motherfucking hell out <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye uh <laughs> All right, let's see here. The next thing that I want to talk about, because we talked about room 525, but I want to talk a little, little weensy, teeny, tiny bit about the suicide brides. Now, the fourth floor is another area um, that has a suicide ghost, which is believed to be that of a woman who appears to people just in the corner of their eye at the edge of their vision. When they turn to see who is there, she vanishes. And I think, Archie, that you and I and a great number of our listeners and people in general have seen like a little like shadow moving or just in your peripheral vision only to turn and be like, OK, there was nothing there. Maybe my eyes are fucked. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So apparently that's a common thing to for guests of the hotel to see. But it's widely believed to be one of these suicide ghosts. Um, so when they turn to see who is there, this woman vanishes. Other others have reported faint whispering in a female voice, and yet still others have heard a woman crying only to find no one is there when they try to find out who is so upset and how can how they can help. So, this particular <laughs> I I'm anxious to kind of hear your opinion of this particular ghost. Oh god. <laughs> So, this particular woman, uh, she is said to have killed herself on the fourth floor during a stay. This is the same woman that um, people have reported hearing faint whispering in a female voice and heard crying. So, one YouTube video that I watched had a tour guide tell a group of folks that a couple of women were exploring the hotel one night. Now, at the time, the hotel was under one of its many renovations, like you mentioned. <laughs> and they had the entire South side of the hotel blocked off because of construction. So they were only booking rooms in the North side of the hotel. Okay. So, um, apparently these two women were unable to sleep one night and they decided to go poking around the construction area. Uh, so they rode the elevator to the fourth floor and a woman had, had gotten on the elevator or was already on the elevator when they got on the elevator to go to the fourth floor. Chewie's very scared. So he's talking about <laughs> lots of stuff. Um, so, uh, This woman gets on the elevator with them, and she's laden with shopping bags. Um, And apparently this is around 1 a.m. Okay. So she got off on the fourth floor with the women, and she headed to room 427. Now, curious, the women um, stopped her as she produced a key and was getting ready to open the door to the room 427. And they asked her if she minded staying on a floor under renovation. The woman looked at them and said she didn't mind at all. And I don't, I, from the different like stories that I read and accounts that I read, I don't know, as if if it was the look on her face or what, but these women got the very clear impression that this chick did not want them anywhere around her. It was a very bad vibe. It, it, they so they beat feet. Oh. Okay. Yeah. As they as the woman went into her room. Now, they went down to the front desk to inquire why they were told no one could have a room in that area of the hotel when there was a woman staying in room 427. The front desk agent uh, assured them that no one was booked on that side of the hotel. Construction, yada yada. But these women insisted. There was a woman staying in a room up there. For starters, mind your damn business. <laughs> For one. I mean, geez. I, honestly, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't miss working in hotels. Because there is always going to be somebody thinking that somebody else has it better and the hotel is lying to them. Right, yeah. It's annoying as fuck. But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) So the front desk agent grabbed his keys and he goes back up to the fourth floor, the south side of the hotel with these women and down to room 427. They go. He unlocks the door with his master keys. And sure fucking enough. That room is under construction. There isn't even any bathroom fixtures, no toilet, no bathtub, no sink, no counter, nothing. Plastic sheeting all over the goddamn room. Whoa. (laughs) Yes. So the women were utterly confused, as they should be. Like I said, mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently what they didn't know was that 10 years prior a woman had been told by her fiance that he no longer wanted to marry her nor see her again. Oh no. Which uh, save the marriage part. I think we've all had a brutal breakup like that. Like, I think we've all had somebody be like, uh, no, bye. Sorry. Or even if they say that at all, like, I think everybody's had that kind of a breakup, um, a fiance, a marriage that's a little worse So, (laughs) what this heartbroken woman did was, apparently they lived in Houston, and so she took his car, drove to Austin, and checked into the Driscoll with his credit card. All right. (laughs) She then went out and bought $10,000 worth of stuff on his credit card. Came back to the hotel around 1 a.m. laden with bags. Had a drink in the bar where the bartender is still working and remembered her. Oh, my God. She went up to her room, which happened to be room 427. Put the do not disturb sign on the door. Got into the bathtub with one of her new purchases, which was a gun. Oh. Along with a pillow and shot herself in the stomach where she slowly bled to death. Oh, God. Her body wasn't found for three days. By poor housekeeping, as fucking usual. Oh, my God. Yes. So, this woman also appears to those guests attending a wedding themselves, and has made her presence known at many a bachelorette party, Though her presence is steeped in tragedy, it is supposed to be good luck for the bride-to-be to to see her.
0: How in the
1: fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so many levels of this story. Uh, Ladies, or gentlemen, or both. If your fiancé decides at the last minute they don't want to be with you, don't do this. Don't do any of this. It may sound humorous and amazing, Don't steal their credit card, don't steal their car, don't check into an expensive hotel and buy a bunch of shit and then kill yourself in the bathroom. They are not worth it. If you're not sure they're not worth it, I advise you to listen to Lizzo's album. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't want you anymore, walk your fine ass out the door. (laughs) So um, the next one I want to talk about is Mrs. Bridges. And Mrs. Bridges was a hotel employee who um, worked at the front desk for several years in the early 1900s. Now, Mrs. Bridges apparently took her work at the Driscoll so seriously that visitors still sometimes catch a glimpse of her walking from the vault out into the middle of the lobby, the side of the old front desk, and she's dressed in a Victorian-style dress. Her appearance is apparently often marked by the smell of roses, which I love. I think that's lovely. Yeah. 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 Um, Mrs. Bridges, who apparently was a lover, rather, of flowers during her time on Earth, seems to fuss enormously over the places where flower arrangements would have been located back in her day. Back in her day? What was her day? Her day was the early 1900s. Okay. Yeah. So I guess she also waits patiently behind the desk until someone comes to relieve her from duty. Oh. <laughs> Again, sometimes you can't escape middle management. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The next um, story that I wanted to talk about is The Little Girl. Apparently in 1887, which was one year after it opened, a senator's daughter tripped while chasing a ball and fell down the grand staircase and died. Did you come across this in your... No. I was going to say, by the look on your face, this is new information. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. Okay, so she was chasing after a ball. She fell down the grand staircase and she died. The death is on record and there is a documented sighting of her ghost one week after she died. Holy shit. Yeah, which is kind of in line with um, Flora Stanley. They started seeing her apparition within months of her death. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this little girl is often seen, heard, seen and heard giggling and playing with a ball. Now, there is a haunted painting in this hotel as well. So, on the fifth floor of the hotel, a portrait of what was widely believed to be the senator's daughter. A little blonde girl holding flowers and a letter does hang in a hallway um, as commissioned by the owner in her honor. However, it's not. <laughs> okay. The painting does exist. It is of a little girl holding flowers and a letter, but it is a modern replica by Richard King of a work entitled, quote, Love Letters by Charles Trevor Garland. Uh, prints of this painting, mouse pads, and even cross-stitch patterns of the image are actually available everywhere online. So um, it's a replica of this painting. Oh. Nonetheless, because I'm not going to mention it if it was fucking irrelevant to my part, my portion. (laughs) Nonetheless, uh, Monica L. Ballard, who I mentioned earlier, has written in her book, again, called True Haunted Tales of the Driscoll Hotel. She writes, quote, people often report that the little girl's eyes follow them as they pass and they get a sensation of dizziness when they stare at the painting, end quote. Oh, that's weird. Uh huh. Some people also report feeling a strange sensation of being lifted off the ground. Uh, others say the little girl whose name was Samantha, she tries to communicate through the painting, and that if you stare at her long enough, the little girl's expression changes, which is an actual phenomena that that happens. Um, a lot of times when you stare in a mirror too long. Have you ever heard of that phenomena? No. I can't yeah. say that I have. So if you stare in a mirror too long, it's. It, I feel like it kind of stemmed from the whole Bloody Mary thing. I don't know. But if you stare in a mirror too long, your mind starts to come up with rationales for what you're looking at which is essentially its own reflection. If you stare in it long enough, and this is my utter fuck up paraphrasing of the phenomenon. (laughs) But if you stare (gasps) at it, I'll tell it, Chewy. You don't need to to tell it. Thank you. If you stare (laughs) at at your reflection in the mirror long enough, your mind will actually start to adjust the image it's looking at, which is your own reflection. Oh, into um, either a demonic look or just kind of adjust your facial features. But it's an actual scientific thing that happens if you stare at your reflection in a mirror long enough. Your brain is trying to make sense of what it's looking at. And it'll look... Yeah, I mean, I, I will certainly look more into it and talk about it in a future episode. But I've got more on mirrors in a moment. Oh. Chewbacca, what do you have to say? Nothing uh, right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Let's keep it a that typical way. Typical man. <laughs> anyway, um, some staff members have found that the light uh, near the painting, so like overhead, it will turn off and on on its own. And the hotel room door that's <laughs> close. <laughs> you said you had nothing to say. Uh, the hotel room door closest to it has acted tricky as if someone won't let them in the room. Huh. hmm Now, Arch, I know you're curious. So let's do it. Let's talk about LBJ. All right. You're not curious at all. You have no <laughs> idea.
0: I know that he and... Lady Bird, who became his
1: wife, had their first date at the Driscoll. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So, for Archie and all those history buffs, uh, (laughs) perhaps the most famous ghost duet to haunt the hotel is, as Archie mentioned, the power couple of Lady Bird and Lyndon Baines Johnson. Oh, uh,
0: I don't know. I didn't even read that they haunted it.
1: Yes, yes, they Oh, do. that's so cool. Yeah, Lyndon, I think it's Baines, but we'll just call him Lyndon B. Johnson. So when John F. Kennedy was shot. What is wrong with your dog? I don't A bag is blowing down the street. I mean, fucking take your pick. It really could be. <laughs> he doesn't, also doesn't like when we talk about the assassination of JFK. He's a very patriotic dog. <laughs> anyway. Lyndon B. Johnson was JFK's vice president when he was assassinated. So he was immediately sworn in. I think all of us have seen that iconic picture of him being sworn in while Jackie Kennedy was in her blood-soaked pink Chanel suit. However, once that term was up, he did run for president again. And back before all of this horrible stuff, uh, (laughs) Lyndon Johnson and his yeah girlfriend at the time, Lady Bird, uh, did have their very first date in 1934 in the Driscoll's dining room. And apparently for years they flocked to the place not only to relive their early romantic glory days, but for special occasions. The Driscoll became Lyndon Johnson's favorite place when he visited Austin. So much that he actually watched the results of the 1964 presidential elections from the presidential sweet did you know that yes okay uh after he bagged the ballots he addressed his supporters in the ballroom now the driscoll was and quite possibly is lbj's favorite place in austin to this day numerous people recount tales of stumbling into the ballroom and catching the reflection of the late president and his adoring wife in the mirrors or out of the corners of their eyes oh yes So, my whole bumbling intro to that haunting, (laughs) notwithstanding, pretty impressive. I think that's pretty cool. Now, Archie, you had Mentrist.
0: Wow, that wine is kicking in, isn't it?
1: Fuck you for not bringing enough and making me look like the only drunken host of the show. (laughs) Now, Archie, you mentioned in your portion Empress Carlotta. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you got, um, you found too much into her uh, background or history when you were researching. I didn't go too far into it, no. Okay, so basically the gist of the story—it's kind of a long story—but I'm going to do the gist. And um, when I do the gist, it's a basically long story, but only cut back by like a quarter, essentially. Uh, In the 1850s, uh, a man named Ferdinand Maximilian was traveling in Europe when he met a gypsy woman who predicted that one day he would be crowned emperor. Um, Ferdinand, hoping that this prediction was true, did his best to befriend French royalty at every possible opportunity. Eventually, members of the court decided that Ferdinand would indeed make a great emperor for their puppet regime in Mexico. Oh geez. Buddy would need a bride So at that point Enter Charlotte, Princess of Belgium This woman Was more than willing to go to Mexico uh, Marry this man And share the throne with him So they got married In a big beautiful ceremony When they got to Mexico Charlotte became Carlotta Okay, fair right. enough yeah. However Royal life in Mexico was not Popular or to be a thing, and they were overthrown. <laughs> oh no! They were overthrown. Um, apparently, a U.S. blockade that had been put in place made it difficult for the French ships to reach the colony, which is the whole reason why they they put these two people in in Mexico so that they would have a an inn. Right, right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Furthermore, it says that local forces spearheaded by Benito Juarez were constantly stirring up trouble. So eventually their regime fell. She raced back to Europe to try to beg a number of people, the French court and the Catholic Church, including the Pope, for help. However, uh, her efforts were in vain. And while she was over there trying to ask for help, Benito Juarez and his men stormed their palace. Crushed the emperor's forces and executed her husband, Fernando Maximilian. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So, um, Minos have a lot more, but basically, uh, Carlotta, Empress Carlotta, was heartbroken and, um, it's rumored that her mind snapped Which I would assume it would uh, She began suffering from paranoid Delusions She apparently did live out her days um, Supported by various European Courts She demanded that she continue to be known as Empress Carlotta despite the fact that she had No kingdom to rule Oh okay, Sure I'd do it too <laughs> Give me the title of Empress or queen and that's going to stick Forever So it is actually kind of unknown if Carlotta ever had learned about the wedding gift that her husband Ferdinand had commissioned for her, uh, which was a set of eight mirrors with elaborate gold leaf frames, each crown. So at the very top of the mirror was a carved bust of Empress Carlotta. So, yeah, I mean, beautiful. Uh, The ornate mirrors were backed with sterling silver and a diamond dust to add to a greater sheen on the golden surfaces. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, after the fall of the palace in Mexico, the belongings were pillaged and scattered. But somehow these mirrors survived and ended up at an auction in San Antonio, Texas, where an employee of the Driscoll found them and bought them and brought them back to the hotel. Oh, Yes. So, in 1930, the Driscoll Hotel decided to renovate a large room just off its mezzanine. The room had served for years as a men's smoking lounge, (laughs) but its new incarnation would be that of a grand dining hall for special events. These mirrors are still hanging in this room to this day. Oh, wow. It's amazing, Archie. It's amazing. Um... So the hotel had purchased the eight gold French mirrors from an antique shop in San Antonio. Again, the employee had purchased them, installed them in the newly renovated room to add a touch of European elegance to the new decor. This room is now called the Maximilian Room, and both guests and hotel employees have had strange experiences in the hall over the years. Oh, no. Uh, Shocking, but not shocking. Some people believe that the spirit of Empress Carlotta haunts the mirrors despite the fact that she had actually never seen them while she was alive perhaps it's due to the fact that her image adorns the frames or maybe she returned simply to see the gifts from her beloved husband and make sure they're properly cared for there is a story that um, in the 1990s there was a photographer who was doing a um, photo shoot for a magazine featuring modern bridal gowns And he was doing a photo shoot in this room, and I guess while he was unpacking his equipment, he heard the doors open and he looked up into one of the mirrors to see a woman walk into the room. He said that she was a stunning raven-haired beauty wearing a sumptuous antebellum white gown. Uh, so the photographer turned to ask her as to why she was wearing a period dress rather than something modern, because again, he was doing a photo shoot for modern brides. Right, right. Yes. Um, (laughs) but when he turned around to talk to her, he found there was nobody in the room, even though the doors were now standing open. Oh, wow. Yeah. He turned to look in an opposite mirror and she was standing there again. Snapping his head around once again to the doors, he found the room was still empty. The woman, it seemed, only appeared in the mirrors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I guess once the woman had vanished from the mirrors, the photographer himself started looking closely at the carved bust on the top of the gold frames of every single of these eight gold mirrors. And was shaking his head in amazement at the uncanny resemblance to the spirit he had seen. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, so in this room, so it's a big, large, rectangular room, and there's these eight gold mirrors. Again, it's got the – at the top of the the apex of the mirror, I guess, is a carved bust of a woman. Now, it isn't painted or anything. It's just a, like a white, you know, face of a woman. But these mirrors face each other evenly along the length of the room. So it's – One of those things where if you look at yourself in one mirror, there's another mirror behind you, so it's kind of an infinity of of reflections of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there are apparently numerous reports have also been made that while looking in this mirror and the infinity of reflections, because it's just like an endless reflection of you, in one version of yourself in either direction of the mirror's Somebody will be standing next to you. She Whoa. Has long
0: dark Whoa, that's crazy.
1: Yes. Um, so only one version of yourself in the infinite line will have a dark haired woman standing next to you in it. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are the most popular hauntings at the Driscoll Hotel. I do want to talk just a little bit about other notable experiences. Um, There was a concierge there by the name of Marcos, and he received a phone call from a former guest who said, quote, two years ago, I stayed at the hotel and I left an offering in my room. Has the activity stopped? To which Marcos informed the caller that no, the claims have not ceased. (laughs) Uh, there is one of the most perhaps uh, what this article called most innocuous spirits is um, one that is mostly only seen at a glance it's believed to be a man by the name of Peter J Lawless he follows the same pattern day after day Lawless actually lived in the hotel for 30 years from 1886 to 1916 even when the hotel was closed to guests guest reports seeing a man in old fashioned Clothing, standing outside the elevator, checking his watch. When the guest looks back, guest looks back. The man is no longer there. So, uh, let's talk about some of my fun facts. And I don't know if you came in contact with some of these in your research. I really hope you don't, because these are really fucking fun facts. <laughs> so even if you did, just act surprised, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) My first fun fact is that it was completed in 1886 and is a member of the Historic Hotels of America. The Driscoll is the oldest op... Chewbacca! Completed in 1886, it is a member of the Historic Hotels of America. The Driscoll is the oldest operating hotel in Austin and one of the best-known hotels in Texas. It has hosted every governor's inaugural ball since 1887.
0: Yes. Sorry to not be able to fake surprise, but I, I said that.
1: <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, then I'm not going to include that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fun facts. Here we go. You ready, Arch? Ready. There we go. So this article that I read said if you're looking for a ghost who's really going to get to work for you, look no further than Annie Lennox. Did you? What? No. Okay. Yes. The former Eurythmics member apparently has a personal history with the ghost of the Driscoll. The story goes that when Annie Lennox was in town on tour and couldn't decide on what to wear on stage that night, she laid her two top favorite dresses out on the bed before showering, and when she returned, one of the dresses had been put away in her closet, one of the Driscoll ghosts apparently having decided to appoint themselves her stylist for the evening. Oh, that's Did you know cool. that? No, Did you know that? You didn't? know. Okay. No, that's that's funny. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, apparently, Concrete Blonde, you know who that band is, right? Yep. yep. Joey, baby. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, so, Concrete Blonde's lead singer, Johnette Napolitano, also stayed at the hotel. Her song, Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man, is supposedly about her encounter with With the ghostly Colonel Driscoll. Did you know about this? No. Yes. So some of the lines of the song go, I saw a face in the shower door. A cowboy smile came and faded. I reached for my towel on the floor. I didn't think it was exactly where I'd laid it. You don't scare me. You don't scare me, I said, to whatever it was floating in the air above my bed. He knew I'd understand. He was the ghost of a Texas ladies' man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Concrete Blonde Song, The Ghost of a Texas Ladies' Man, is about uh, Johnette Napolitano's um, encounter with Colonel Driscoll at the Driscoll Hotel. And my last fun fact is that in 1898, the very first long-distance telephone call in Austin was made from the hotel's lobby. (laughs) So... Uh, no before you go. Uh, the hotel's website is DriscollHotel.com. They are located at 604 Brazos Street in Austin, Texas, 78701. You can call them at area code 512-391-7107. Uh, do you want to let you know when you get to the website, they do have a banner that immediately states, quote, in light of COVID-19, the Driscoll has temporarily suspended normal operations and is not currently accepting Room, restaurant, bar, or other renovations. No, renovations. They have so many. I just assumed that it was renovations. (laughs) Or other reservations until further notice. However, I did plug in a date in November of this year just to see. Um, And since it's owned by Hyatt, the website immediately took me to Hyatt's website um, where the room rates in November started at $349 a night. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's an amazing hotel. It is considered to be one of the finest in Austin and therefore has one of the finest prices (laughs) per night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. And a lot of the the articles and things that I read, um, everybody did say if you want to treat yourself, if you want to, you know, kind of like indulge and do all of that. It is it is a, a higher end hotel. It is a higher end price for you know what you and I can afford, but um, um, certainly I believe it's worth at least going in and maybe having a meal in the restaurant or a drink in the bar and just kind of poke around and see what you can catch with regard to the ghosts. It is stunningly beautiful. We will um, include a ton of pictures and, and things like that on all of our social media and our website, but. Um, yeah, the Driscoll in in Austin, Texas, turned out to be every single thing. Oh, that was great. Good, Good job. job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we have uh, for this week's episode. Um, Arch, what else you got? What do you What do you think of the
0: well, place? Well, I thought uh, it's beautiful, and what I love is how much of the architecture is similar to so many other places that we visited with the Richardsonian style arches and all yes. of that. I, I just, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm eating this up. I absolutely love it.
1: Well, you know, what was interesting is that that kind of architecture isn't just reserved for hotels. It was also for, um, uh uh Mansfield. Mm-hmm. It was the same style of architecture. Yep. and Romanesque architecture. I mean if that sways you I'm sorry if you want to stay in a hotel that looks like an asylum or a prison. Fine. <laughs> but um for you architecture buffs, which I am. I am a big fan of the Thomas Kirkbread design. For the mental hospitals of the eighteen hundreds, and and the beauty of Mansfield, oh, you know the mm-hmm, Ohio state reformatory, um, because they just don't make buildings like that anymore. No, they really don't. They really don't. And so I think I think that kind of architecture is just absolutely gorgeous and fascinating, and quite frankly, uh, withstands the test of time. Because you said this was built in when eighteen eighty five six. 1884. Yeah. It, I mean, look at how like, the the foundation and the structure is sound. And, and and I just don't feel like they make buildings like that anymore. Certainly nothing as elaborate and, and beautiful. So the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. Right. I recommend it. If you can't afford to rent a room, then at least go in and have a drink. Uh <laughs> So uh yeah, that's that's it. That's what we've got, guys. That's thank it. you. So, thank you so much. Um and uh yeah, so uh what else? We got Arch. I think that's it. There's no more EVPs to go over. We No, no, I, th- I think we're pretty well squared away. I think we're pretty well squared away. What do we have next week? Do you remember? Because I don't no, no, I don't either. <laughs> cool. So top notch uh recording uh oh it's a big one next week guys it's a big one we're going to Alcatraz
0: oh oh shit okay
1: (laughs) all (laughs) right go, Larry we are gonna hang up right now and do our homework right Uh, (laughs) yeah next week we are going to the infamous one of the most infamous places we're going to Alcatraz next week so all right All right, that is it. Uh, We love you, and um, please join Patreon. We've got a bunch of really cool fucking shit. And (laughs) again, Archie and I are doing this over Skype. And again, Archie, I love you, and I miss you. I love you. I miss you, too. Soon we will be together to shout at my dogs to be quiet. Together. (laughs) Anyway, all right. I... I'm going to end the recording here. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.